Hey everyone, and thanks for finding Bebop Banter, the internet's premier anime podcast. My name is Wes. I'm Demetrius. And I'm Saeed. And join us as we talk about anime, manga, video games, and pretty much everything in between. And no matter what the episode's content, we promise that you'll have a good time hanging out with us. Without further ado, here we go. Bebop Banter, the internet's premier anime podcast, and our first Halloween episode. My name is Wes, and I'm joined by my co-host Demetrius. People in survival movies probably don't brush their teeth. <laughs> and Saeed. Happy spooky season, everybody. Yo. Okay, so if we're going back to Demetrius's comment real quick, <laughs> what is scarier? What is scarier? What better way to start the spooky season? Uh, than by talking about bad oral hygiene. Brush those teeth. Those mm-hmm. pearly whites. The shiny teeth in me. You always, Yo, see, you, always see the, you always see the the group going out to look for food and water. Nobody's looking for toothpaste. You don't ever see anybody with a toothbrush. Hey, poor True. oral hygiene can lead to different types of disease and cancer. And if you get a tooth infection, bro, it's we all watch. I just will want to turn into a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, and imagine if you turn into a zombie and you have dirty teeth and your dirty mouth, the zombie, bites your friends, bro. Even worse. Bro, that's like a Komodo dragon bite. Yep. So, hey, brush your teeth, everybody. Brush your teeth. But, everybody, like we just talked about, it's the start of our Halloween episodes. Let's go, everybody. Let's go. Last that's week, we, we appreciate you listening to a longer Bop Culture episode. If you haven't listened to it, go ahead and check it out if you would feel so inclined. We react to some live action anime trailers that dropped. We react to some popular anime news, some video game stuff, some movie cast, just catch up on what we're doing. It was kind of a longer episode, kind of a kickback and relax before we get into that grind set of Halloween. That Sigma grind set, you know what I'm talking about? Turn your mindset into a grind set. Exactly exactly so we're out here ready to do the do the do the damn thing with halloween and we're going to be starting out with an episode that we've actually talked about doing in the past and then demetrius brought it back up and it's just a good halloween episode in general so here comes the little here comes our little segue into it when you watch an anime of course you want to cheer for the heroes right You want to see them succeed, you want to see them do well, achieve their goals, but there's always someone standing in the way of their goals, and that is your anime villain. In fact, in any sort of story, in movies, in literature, comics, manga, anything, you're always going to have a villain. So for this episode, we will be highlighting some villains that we enjoyed, and more specifically, we'll be talking about some of the maybe themes they represent, some things they do... um, the way they impact the show that makes them a little spookier than you might realize so without further ado this week's halloween episode our first halloween episode is spooky anime villains so does anyone have one 
I know Demetrius. I might just might just throw it to you right off the bat because I know you have one to start this off here. Oh boy! Oh, I do. I do. Oh boy! Uh, oh boy! Um, the first one that I think of that was spooky, not the best, but definitely spooky nonetheless, was a character by the name of Makishima from Psychopaths, the first season. The reason I thought he was scary was, in a nutshell, this society has basically cops that can use a system to determine how unhealthy someone's mental state is. And most people, I'd say 99% of the population can be categorized. Mm -hmm. But this dude, Makishima, oh my gosh, this guy could not be characterized by the system called the Sipple system. And he was going around doing terrible things. And there's a particular scene that we might have discussed before where he was cornered by one inspector, but he had a hostage that happened to be the inspector's friend. And the gun that characterizes those mental states wouldn't work because it couldn't see him. It said he was mm-hmm. good. And he's basically mm-hmm. taunting her like, hey, shoot me. Go ahead, do it. And she couldn't. He even gave her a real gun to do it. An old school, traditional one to do it. Yeah, because it's and like oh, sci-fi, ooh. sci-fi setting type of thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna, all I'm going to say is it didn't go the way she wanted it to go. And, mm-hmm. I mean, the whole season is really about catching this guy. Uh, heinous crimes of, you know, putting people in wax and, like, sculpting them in weird ways. It was it was pretty horror-filled stuff. Yeah, so it I'll was... start off with Makashima. What I think... And, and I think it's important to note, Demetrius, you and I haven't watched, like, future seasons of Psycho right. Pass. Uh, or the movie. So we can't say maybe there's a... Um, Maybe there's a villain on Makishima's level, but imagine right because again this is kind of uh, this is kind of spookiness going on. Imagine living in a society where security is entirely based on your mental state, like surveillance cameras everywhere, cops reading your thing everywhere. You have like don't they have like a passport or something where they can mm-hmm. check their own mental state? And yep. we're talking like. Even the environment is scary because you can be arrested before you haven't done anything. Yeah, if it if it deems that you're like unstable, uh, they can arrest you. Yeah. So imagine living in that society, and where like again, if you think about killing somebody and it affects your mental to the point where this system thinks you could actually kill them, you can get arrested. You're living in a society where there's like a guy that can go in the middle of the street and just brutalize somebody around everybody else and it's not picking up that his mental state is unstable it's saying that he's fine but it's also picking up that everyone else around him's mental state is freaking out so not only is he immune to the system but he endangers the people that see what he does because of the system that's what's crazy about it it's like the the scary hiding in plain sight thing Mm -hmm. like I don't know. He's un he's uncatchable by this crazy technologically advanced society, and also exposes the weaknesses behind the system. So that's an excellent choice with um with what kind of makes him more of a terrifying villain. Said, you got one, my guy. I do. 
probably the scariest villain I've ever encountered in anime and manga <laughs> is uh, everybody probably yeah. knows okay. Johan Liebert from Drum Monster. <laughs> yes, oh. Johan Liebert from Monster. He he has no superpowers. This is a straight up regular guy. This whole series is a uh, just real life stuff going on. And he is basically the embodiment of evil. He is a sociopath type of character. He is... He does murders and all that. I don't want to go into too much detail because it is like a mystery series. You you know straight up who Yon is from the beginning. But the way they write him and uh, set him up... And he doesn't even have to be in the page or in the scene for him to be terrifying. Just his... His presence that he's been in a certain location strikes fear in both the characters and the readers or watchers because he's just insane. It's like he's like a five head evil genius. It's, it's you are like, really you are really digging into the five head theme. Uh, again, everybody, yes. remember we we bulk record. So we just heard Saeed talk about <laughs> turning Luffy into a five head. He's a very okay, he's a very smart individual, very calculative. <laughs> he's a six head. Six. I might as well say six. But he is my favorite (laughs) villain of all time. And one of the reasons is because of how scary he is. And how regular he is. He's just a regular dude. Just a dude. He's just a human. He's just a dude Mm -hmm. chilling. And he just goes about doing his evil deeds and whatnot. Uh, The scariest part, like I said before, is just his the fact that he scares people when he's not even involved in a scene. That's That's the big thing for me. That's all, and that's I think, all probably say. And I think with what I'm about to say for my first uh, villain, what we can kind of sum up with these first three is that anime does a really good job of making regular things seem scary. Regular people seem scary. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I, I don't know about you guys, but they're like horror anime out there, but not in a way that actually like scares me, scares me, if that makes sense. Like, it's not yeah. like you're going to go see a horror movie and you have the one monster that jump scares you all the time and does that. Like, it's a little more existential with a lot of these anime villains. So a lot of them, a lot of the good ones make you think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I agree. And there's quite a few that were, that literally are mostly just normal humans or humanoid. Psychological mm-hmm. horror hits way better than, like, a scary image. jump scare thing, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for that reason, my first villain I'm going to be talking about uh, from a show that's near and dear to our hearts, similar to Saeed, I've talked about this show and Demetrius has quite a bit, but I don't think I've ever looked at it from the lens of villain, uh, of anime villain, is going to be Steins Gate. And in particular, the company CERN, which it's not only for me is it weird in the series or like freaky in the series, but it's freaky in real life. Because CERN is based off of our CERN in real life. So essentially, for people that haven't seen Steins Gate or maybe never really thought of this as a villain, our cast comes across a way to send text messages to the past and later on send data to the past by tapping into uh, CERN and IBN, which is kind of the IBM spoof. Uh, CERN and IBM servers and technologies 
And everything is all well and good for maybe, what, the first Demetrius half of the series? Mm-hmm. Uh, but then it turns out that these companies had been spying on them the whole time. They knew that they were accessing this technology. And some stuff goes down, and some people die, and the series takes a turn for kind of the worst and gets a little dark for a while. So while not kind of... There, there are different people that work for the company or that are hired by the company who you can kind of put a name to a face to, but kind of that real-world application of having these big tech companies watching what you're doing when you don't think that they're watching you and the realization that the main cast comes to when they're like, wait a second, these guys, they know we've been looking. Like, they, they know what we've been doing and how we've been doing it. That part is is the freaky part. And it goes into the whole, mm-hmm. like, it appeals to the whole NSA spying on the general populace in the U.S. type of thing. So I'll say I'll say that what makes what makes this company, I don't know if you mentioned the name of it, yeah, like um, CERN and IBM. Yeah. What makes CERN so scary is the fact that not only that you're, they're watching you, but the series really illustrates the tension build very well going into it. Like there's always a lurking feeling that they're being watched. Mm-hmm. Especially going up to the really big like tone switch that happens when uh, th- they're confronted, right? So yeah, it's the the tone switch that CERN introduces to the show, which was like happy go lucky. Oh, I'm a forum poster, four chan, you know, time travel is extreme. I feel like mm-hmm. all of our first couple of villains that we talked about is pretty summed up by the, the that quote from H.P. Lovecraft, which is, the oldest and strongest emotion of mankind is fear, and the oldest and strongest kind of fear is the fear of the unknown. Yeah. Yep. I feel like that's, that's like the main basis of, I guess, these three that we've talked about so far. It's mm-hmm. like the and unpredictability also... and like you can't control it type of anxiety fear type thing. Yeah, and with yeah. Steins Gate... Uh, and CERN and IBM, like, it's also, they're just very, like, rich and powerful companies going against normal people. You know what I mean? So, like, Mm -hmm. how are you supposed to go against, in this case, not the government, maybe, like, later series we could talk about where the government or the way the world is might be the the general enemy. Like, how do you even fight that, you know? It takes that fight against fate to a whole new level. So, that was, right. that was my, uh, that was my pick right there. And, and, and speaking so, yeah, of unknown, a for, a good, for a good segue, fear of the unknown, fear of the mystery, fear of something bigger than yourself. One of the other scary and spooky villains, antagonists that we run into, took the world by storm in the form of a titan. Mm-hmm. You have, now let's put this into English units for those people who don't understand meters. You have... Things as small as three meters or nine or ten feet. As small, quote unquote. Yeah, that's feet. small, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. That's small. Going to things as big as 15 meters, which is like 45, 50 feet. Size of your house. Average oh, this house is bigger than a house. Bro. Yeah, this bigger is than like house, so five about. stories. Yeah. And then you get, you know, of course, the huge colossal titan, which is, what are they, 100 meters? So you're like a skyscraper. 
Three hundred feet, thirty-floor yeah. building, basically. Yeah. So you you have these things that literally just walk up on people and uh, treat them like a Nutrigrain bar. You know, just eat them. <laughs> I mean, chomp, I chomp. can't blame them, dudes. Some of those bars, they're nice, bro. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> but you know, you have you have the mystery of Titans. Even if you haven't seen the series, you've probably seen or heard of Titans. And what they look like and what they do, especially some with notable faces. Just to clarify, we're talking about Attack on Titan for the viewers. Attack on yeah, Titan. yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I don't think not I Titans that. from Greek mythology. Hey, I mean they're probably creepy too uh, in their yeah, own regard. Yeah, yeah. They are, they are kind of. <clears throat> but uh, the mystery of what Titans are and what they could do, especially why some of them run the way they do, was uh, a very interesting start to any series especially in attack on titan made them especially early attack on titan the fear that the titans just impose on the characters and mm-hmm. like the unpredictability mm-hmm. for the viewers of what's going to happen when uh, a character is face to face with the titans a big thing too because they were brutal. i was just I mean, about to say like it's one of those obstacles that you look at and you look at your main character and you're like how are they going to overcome that like seriously how i just saw mm-hmm. 50 people die from these things the whole yeah, and it's like in yeah, I was about to say hopelessness and dread because in universe it's like if you're one on one with a titan, you're gonna die. Like, like it's if you over. join the survey corps, you're gonna you're going to probably die. It's a wrap, Cap. So, yeah, and and in terms of just like modern anime quote unquote villains, what more iconic one is there than a titan? And let's right. let's talk about one of the biggest things, which is the fear. Of not only being killed, but being eaten. Yep. Just Terrifying. being wholeheartedly consumed. It's one thing being shot to death. One thing being eaten alive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, or it's squeezed more... alive to, till you explode. Yeah. Yeah. It's we. I think we mentioned it last year in our um, like worst or scariest anime worlds to get isekai'd into. So if you want to go check that. Check that episode out. We outline a few anime universes that would just be terrible to live in or to suddenly wake up and be in. And Attack on Titan is one of them, in major part, because of the established villains of the series. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. What a force. I guess Saeed, I can... Gotta... Yeah, I can walk into something we, we we can probably all agree on. A spooky, spooky villain. Uh, Femto from Berserk. We wanted mm-hmm. to differentiate Femto from Griffith. This, in particular, Femto in a certain scene did yes. probably the most heinous thing in manga history. Yeah. Yes, in manga history, the most heinous act in manga history. So we had to include him in here. Mm-hmm. He's just like kind of like Johan. He's kind of also the, like an, an embodiment of uh, evil. He is actually an embodiment of evil. He is evil. Yeah. That's the whole theme around him. Which is which is pretty mm-hmm. pretty cool, and, dark stuff. And him being him being kind of the um, the culmination of the events of that arc, the Golden Age arc in Berserk. Which, if you haven't, if you're okay with like gruesome depictions of violence and action, um, and a lot of maybe triggering action activities. Let's let's just uh, let's just cut the cut the stuff. It's 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 violence. There's sexual violence. There's also. Uh, there's a lot no, of implied that's pretty much it. Yeah, stuff. Implied <laughs> There's violence. implied stuff as well. It's probably one of the greatest 
tales to ever be put on manga. Haunting images. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's interesting because he's not even like a in the golden age arc. He's not even present until all the way at the end. And you could even just say outside of Berserk as a whole, him at the end is the ultimate mm-hmm. villain if Berserk had ended in the Golden Age arc, right? Um, yeah. So the effect he has on everything afterwards, like Saeed was saying, is just, it's very important to the series. It drives the series forward, but also the presence of who he is and what he can do. Yeah. Um, terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Yeah. And I think I think the other thing about <clears throat> villains in general is how memorable they are as compared to your protagonist. So what kind of impact does your mm-hmm. villain have when compared to your protagonist? Do you hate the villain? Do you despise the villain? I think if I'm going to pick a series to Saeed's credit, One Piece does a really good job of making sure you hate or right. despise the villain based on what they do. And mm-hmm. Femto is one of the best examples of probably the best yeah, the best example that I've ever read that makes you instantly despise and hate this person. He yeah, becomes a villain f- in the, in those scenes. Full disclosure before we continue, while we were trying to come up with this um, podcast and, you know, individually think about what we were going to say, you know, there are a lot of, especially with Demetrius and I running through our own individual anime list. There are a lot of series out there that I'm sure have good villains, right? But mm-hmm. like Dimitri said, the way that they compare to the protagonists really made us think about like which villains are actually memorable enough to not just be there as an obstacle for our hero to get over, but to be there as a presence to affect everything in the entire series, not just our hero, right? Because there's so many like, there's so many villains that are there just to get defeated. Look at, I don't know, Bleach as an example, right? The Fullbringer arc, the 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 main antagonists are just just there for Ichigo to further himself, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like the Fullbringers, unless I'm mistaken, are affecting the world of Bleach as a whole. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. right so we just want to talk about those um those villains that kind of go above and beyond which is going to sound really really sus when i say my next villain <laughs> uh but stick with me everybody i'm going to go with maximilian pegasus from Yu-Gi-Oh. Yu-Gi-Oh. pedophiles Boy. are terrifying specifically true, true. the english dub bro. The English dub, Pegasus. Very spooky uh, man. Spooky might be the wrong uh, word, but very you creepy You know what's man. spooky? What's really spooky is how good he took care of his hair. You could look <laughs> at this dude luscious and locks. Yeah, You could tell. He like conditions. <laughs> yeah. He has a hair care yo, beauty yo. routine. So, Maximilian Pegasus, uh, also known in Japanese as Pegasus J. Crawford. So we've talked about before how English dub Yu-Gi-Oh! kind of lies to us about a lot of stuff. Here's why I think he's such a good initial villain, right? And maybe the most iconic villain from Yu-Gi-Oh! as a whole. Because like I mentioned in the episode of what anime world I would maybe like to be in, Yu-Gi-Oh! was one of them. 
And that's because Yu-Gi-Oh! is a world based entirely around a children's card game. Your popularity, how cool you are, how much money you make, all of that, especially in later seasons, their straight up schools for it is dictated by how good you are at Yu-Gi-Oh! And not only is Pegasus the creator of the card game in-universe, so this man made the game and actively plays it, but he has the Millennium Eye that lets him read your mind, so he can never be beaten in Yu-Gi-Oh! Unless you're an exceptional case like our main character, Yugi, who has two different minds inside of him. Or you're like me, with no thoughts. Boy got six head. You just draw cards and put them down and hope for the best. True. (laughs) I think they call that believing in the heart of the cards. So so all of that is like well and good when it comes to villains. But let me remind you how kind of dark OG Yu-Gi-Oh is. And specifically talking about the Yu-Gi-Oh manga here. Mm -hmm. Uh, OG Yu-Gi-Oh, we were told it's the Shadow Realm in English. Uh, Japanese, there is no Shadow Realm. People straight up just die. It's just called the sh- the death, the yeah, death, the death. Uh, so let's let's look at Pegasus's track record here. As a character, Pegasus was somehow able to steal the soul of Yugi's grandpa and put it in a card, right? And in a TV, steal souls at one point through a TV VHS cassette it's like tape. Poltergeist. Yeah. On so he stole some souls. He um in the manga in the manga when Bandit Keith loses. He kills Bandit Keith. <laughs> Straight up. He turns Bandit Keith's hand into like this weird Shadow Realm gun. And Bandit Keith just kills himself. Does he Does he do it while right? saying this is America? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> In America. So Pegasus is taking like a world of card games and creating a situation where if Yugi didn't exist. A. He's unbeatable in the world of card games. And B. He can do spooky stuff outside of card games like causing people to kill themselves stealing people's souls tapping into like ancient egyptian magic and stuff and when you think of Yu-Gi-Oh villains on the topic of because like dimitri said it's how much the villain can impact the world pegasus straight up made the card game that runs the world and when the person running the world is the bad guy you have that kind of dread Yes, it's another person for Yugi to get over because they're villains afterwards, but it's also the OG villain that if Yu-Gi-Oh had ended upon his defeat, it would have been fine. So, had to throw had to throw a little more lighthearted one in there with Maximilian Pegasus. Like Saeed said, his voice is kind of kind of sus a little bit too. So, I mean, who knows what he likes to do in his spare time? But yeah, that's that's my villain, and it's a little more lighthearted than ones in the past. True. I can add in a, another one we talked about right before we started recording. Uh, Go ahead. The uh, the uh, antagonist or the the concept of the antagonist of Perfect Blue was mm. very spooky. Again, my my the things that freak me out the most is more real world stuff. So if you see a pattern here, I'm not really talking about too many fantastical things, even though Griffith is as fantastical as it can get. But he had a lot of real world emotions tied to his uh, storyline as well but perfect blues quote unquote antagonist or villain figure that whole the whole concept of i don't want to spoil it dude i don't know how to say this cuz that's a good movie <laughs> uh, you could say like the <sighs> the idea of being famous and always being in the public eye 
Yes, the stalking culture and all that. The whole stand culture of today kind of fits mm -hmm. in with this this movie, which came out a long time ago. Wasn't it in the 90s? Yes, I think. Yeah, 80s or 90s. Late 80s, 90s, yeah. But yeah, the whole stand culture type behavior, the evils of that is personified in this movie in a very, very well done way. And Mm -hmm. the antagonist of the film is, is creepy. Very creepy. I would imagine... Being uh, a uh, a girl watching it might be creepier for them because of the mm-hmm. events in the movie, and it's a lot of um, very uncomfortable. Very. It's very uncomfortable, and like you said, it's very relevant. Yes, with um, the the rise in idolization of celebrities and YouTube stars, and like who was it? The WWE wrestler Sonya Deville, like last year. Some guy thought that they were in love and tried to kidnap her at his hotel or at her yeah. hotel. Mm-hmm. That's that's the type of stuff you're gonna see in Perfect Blue, because uh, I think what we we can give a quick summary of the movie just to try to sell people on it. Uh, this girl is a very famous idol, right? Mm-hmm. And she starts getting some some weird letters addressed to her from someone she doesn't know. So there's a lot of mystery and intrigue about events surrounding those letters and stuff contained within. So it's definitely a classic anime movie and more so than any villain that we've talked about. Like Saeed said, it's the concept of the villain that's the scariest thing about it. Indeed, indeed. Indeed. indeed Indeed.com. Which I think brings us to our final anime villain. And, you know, there are a lot of ones we could talk about that we've talked about in prior episodes, like Hisoka, so go check out our Hunter x Hunter series. Pedo. Uh, put out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is one villain in particular that we haven't really talked about on this podcast that, given that this is the first episode of Spooky Season, we have to include. Because, you know, Spooky Seasons, you guys, you know, you, 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 you uh, kind of kind of uh relate ghosts to spooky season right mm-hmm. you relate uh goblins to spooky season you relate zombies to spooky <laughs> season but one of the most iconic halloween monsters is the vampire and there is oh, perhaps yes. no more iconic anime vampire than dio brando indeed that man is evil Bro, <laughs> he's mean dude, he he's was mean. like yeah he, he was, was mean, mean before he was a vampire Yep. He was just he so was just D- a grade A douchebag, like the worst. The worst mm-hmm. of the so worst. So Dio Dio's whole thing, and this is all first episode, is that he grew up in kind of an abusive family situation, is suddenly thrust into a better uh, economic and economic situation and household, but doesn't give up kind of the tough, rough lifestyle that he grew up in, which ultimately leads to him becoming a vampire. And this man kind of is the culmination of every concept we've talked about, and you might not have thought that. But in a so, shonen, but in a shonen. Mm-hmm, in a shonen. Yeah. So, Said and Demetrius, you guys talked about the uh, the real world horrors, right? Yeah. Oh yes. Uh, as, as a pet owner, one of my scariest, one of my one of the biggest fears I have, especially early early on when you're training your pet and all that. Is you know, something happens to the pet. And that can be extended to kids and stuff, too. This man, Dio... <laughs> oh, my gosh. 
He's like he's Damien been... from that one movie, The Omen. He was yeah. straight up Damien from The Omen. This man Dio kicks a dog, and then no, he burns not, a dog on, hold alive. On, hold on, we're not just first talking episode about, stuff. We're not talking about kicking the dog like a little bit, like a eh. We're talking about like knees the dog in the face. Uh huh. And, and then throws, throws him it in an incinerator. In an incinerator. Come on. You little evil bastard. Louise. You're just so evil. It was so mm-hmm. evil, it's kind of funny. <laughs> oh, then, but hold, we didn't talk about the vampire scene, though, did we? Oh, true. The, the classic oh, we'll, we'll get one there. we all forget we'll, about? We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. We're going chronologically right now. Because then, what's another fear that guys tend to have, right? When it comes to girls. It's the fear that you're not good enough. Some other... Some other guy might come, try to steal your girl. And it might work. So what does Dio try to do to our main guy, Jonathan Joestar? Oh, true. He plays, he plays the Mr. <laughs> steal your girl. Dio rolls up and straight up just grabs her and kisses her. And then all his friends see it and everyone starts spreading rumors and doing all that stuff. So now, Dio, is you have the, the violence against your pets. You have the violence against your girl. Hurting your reputation. Dio, straight up, what's, a, what's another big fear that all humans have? Embarrassment in front of a group. Dio, straight up, beats up the main character in front of a group of people and then starts spreading lies that uh, our main character is not good, right? He's not a, not a good guy to be around. And this is all before he's a vampire. So he he's ultimately ends up turning into a vampire. Which is spooky season in itself. And Demetrius, what's this scene that you were uh, mentioning, you were alluding to? Well, have you ever thought of what it would look like to see someone become a vampire? Boy, do I have a story for you. This man, Dio, this incarnate of evil, turns a woman who is holding her newborn baby into a vampire. And what do vampires like? Blood. So she turns on her own baby for blood. Mm-hmm. And here's the, the tough part, too, is that she was asking. She would be, She said, you can do whatever you want to me as long as you spare my child, as long as you don't hurt my child. And Dio says, okay, I won't hurt your child. So he turns her into a vampire, full well knowing that she was going to do it herself. He's like, oh, I won't. He, he, he. Mm-hmm. So the manipulation, Evil. the mind the mind games, the grind games that this man Dio has. And then later on, once you get to part three, there are going to be spoilers here, but JoJo's is so old and so memed that if this bothers you, I'm sorry. Later on, Dio, throughout almost the entirety of the franchise of JoJo's, perhaps gets the strongest power, which is being able to stop time. OP. So OP. So similar to one of the fears that we mentioned earlier, which was not being able to control what's going on around you, with the exception of our main character at this particular part, uh, Jotaro Kujo, Dio makes it so that you can't control what's going on around you. So people are getting killed left and right in stopped time with him. He's doing whatever to other people just because he can and they can't. And while it's not as world-affecting, Later on in the series, because he was he, he's kind of the traditional shonen world domination uh, type of villain to a degree. It is a combination of so many different aspects of what people personally fear. 
that we had to mention Dio, you know? Yeah, had I, to think, do it. I think even in today's anime community, we all look at Dio's actions and his fights and all this other stuff, but we really forget some of the heinous things that he's done. And we didn't even talk about part one Dio's poisoning game. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, this dude was just evil down to the last molecule. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's something you don't see very often in villains nowadays. Because we've talked about it, what makes a good villain in modern anime is layers of complexity. And the ability to affect people, like Saeed said with Johan Liebert, when you're not even there. And Dio mm-hmm. has that, but in a much more pure evil way. Uh, intentionally so, and almost to a fault for some people with how one-dimensional his pure evilness is. Right. But for what the series is and what the series tries to do and for what the season our real world is in right now, being Halloween, being October, being spooky season, there is perhaps no better personification of the anime villain, of the spooky, creepy, scary anime villain, whether or not you realized it, than Dio Brando. I gotta say Anyone this, have any though. closing thoughts? Yeah, I gotta say this. I think anime, more so lately, is moving towards the redemption of villains. Mm-hmm. Um, like saying they were misunderstood or, you know, they went down the wrong path. And that's, that's a fair sentiment because a great number of villains truly did that, just that. Um, but these that we've talked about, these were evil and they knew it. They just did it. Maybe it was in their nature or maybe it's what they felt they were born to do. But these villains were evil through and through. Yeah, pure mm-hmm. evil. That's a, like, that's no redeeming point. qualities. Selfish. Yep. And, just, and no attempts at redemption. Cough, Orochimaru. Cough, Kabuto. Yeah. Uh, yeah they were, they were they scary did. too. Big time. They were... They were definitely scary. They were definitely scary. Which leads us, because everybody, you know, we can't cover everything. And there were a lot of people that we had to leave out of this list for the sake of time. And also for the sake of fostering communication. Leaves us with the question of this podcast episode. Who are your personal favorite anime villains? Uh, What anime villains do you find the scariest? Or, you know, what anime villain concepts do you find the scariest? You can comment... On all our socials, you can DM us, you can email us, all that. We love talking with you. We love hearing from you. And we love that you guys are enjoying what we put out. With that being said, again, thank you for listening. This is just the start of Spooky Season. In fact, this episode is probably the easiest one for us to put together. Because we have some pretty pretty in-depth episodes that we want to record that take a little bit more time because you know we're normally and for this for this episode too you know we're normally off script not really doing any doing a lot of research unless it's a bigger episode and boy do we have some bigger episodes a lot from the heart we do a lot from the heart straight off the dome but we got a lot of bigger episodes coming for this halloween spooktacular month so look forward to it thank you all for listening my name was wes this was demetrius and saeed you guys know what to hit me to be continued. Bebop, don't stop. Peace.